Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Dawn. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Um, we met in coach world in and out and all the pieces. And then I saw, um, I saw you posting in she podcast, which is a really fun group. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, Ooh, I didn't know Dawn was podcasting. Like (laughs) let's podcast together. (laughs) Sounds like a plan to me. So do you want to introduce yourself to, um, to my audience in the way that you feel like is appropriate? Of course. And so I'll even pronounce my name. So <laughs> my name is Don Ziggerer, but I mispronounce it and just say Don Zigger because I, I had that. some traumatic stuff with that when I was a child. I um, mispronounce my own name because it's easier for you. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> I'm just being lazy. So it's Don Zigger. And my um, coaching program is called Make Baggage Your Bitch. Because that's where I started with a lot of emotional mm-hmm. baggage. Um, yeah. When I started my relationship with my husband, I was a mess of baggage and I was constantly being triggered. And so, so then it kind of evolved into the program that I have now, which is still make baggage your bitch. Uh, but the way that I talk about it is that you become a princess if you're in a relationship with a toad you become such a powerful princess that you transform that toad into a prince. Mm. And people seem to understand like, oh, okay, I get it. If I'm in a relationship that seems toady or can I cuss on this podcast? Oh yeah. (laughs) Okay. So if it seems like a total shit storm of a relationship, that's who I coach is people that either think they're with a toad or a toad just broke up with them or all they ever attract is toads. I help women become into their own princess power to transform. And it's kind of mm. funny because the whole princess thing seems like, what? that's not very feminist. And I'm like, oh no, the way that I talk about it is, trust me. Because the, pa- the princess has her shit together, man. And she's the ruler. She's a so. badass princess. Yeah, she's a badass princess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, essentially what you're talking about is like, we can be in these places where we have, you know, we have baggage. We feel like we're suffering. We are the victim. And when we transform, that's when everything changes. Mm-hmm. When we transform, the relationships around us change. People around us change. Life changes. Yeah. And I think so often, like it's almost just drilled into our brains. Like you can't control other people. You can only control yourself. And I'm saying like that, that is a complete pile of bullshit of course you influence other people. So maybe not control unless you're into, you know, BDSM and you have somebody on a leash, but generally we have huge influence over people. Like if influence didn't exist, there would be no infomercials. Like I have a freaking air fryer in my kitchen because I was influenced by an infomercial or even like when you're parenting, like, of course things influence you like, hello. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I've seen it so much in my life where I have transformed so much that 
my thoughts have changed the way that I feel changes, which of course affects how I act toward other people. Mm -hmm. And then they're either going to transform along with me or they're going to stay in their pile of toad shit. So, yeah. I love that. Like when you transform, it is influential Mm -hmm. period. The end. Yep. Yep. So good. Okay. I have a little side note question. Mm -hmm. Um, Many episodes ago, I had Melanie Childers on my podcast and I've recently joined her mastermind mm-hmm. called the bad bitch mastermind. Um, I love it. You use the word make maggot, make baggage your bitch. Mm-hmm. I don't resonate with this word at all, even though I joined <laughs> the mastermind. How do you define this word? Like, I just like, it's not a word. I'm like, yes, I'm a bad bitch right? It's not me, but I'm so curious how you define it. Well, how would you describe yourself? If you're not a bad bitch, what are you? I do feel pretty badass. Uh-huh. Um, is it the word, is it the word bitch? Like this is yeah, like, it's like, I don't know. It just doesn't resonate for me, but I think a lot of people love it. Like, it's just like so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just curious how that evolved for you. Like what? Yeah. It's like, I guess in some ways, like I, you know, if I ever say like, oh, she's such a bitch, like that's not a good thing. But I think with make baggage your bitch, it's like, cause it, to me, a, a bitch is kind of a, a weak person. Right. Mm-hmm. And so making baggage, you're, you know, like whatever, like you're going to get it into shape kind of thing too. But I think, but I think part of it too, if somebody said to me, like, yeah, you're such a bitch, I would be like, well, what exactly do they mean? Do they mean that I'm powerful or that I'm opinionated or like, what does it mean? It's kind of like, I know that, um, some people in the queer community, like back in the day, like when I was growing up, if you called somebody queer, that was an insult. Totally. That I remember that too. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it's like, Mm -hmm. now I know people that are gay or lesbian and they say I'm queer. And so it's almost like they took back the word like, no, queer isn't Mm -hmm. a bad thing. I'm queer and I'm happy about it. Um, Yeah. I definitely feel like it's a reclaiming. Of yeah. the word. So I was just curious, like if yeah. you, if that's what you feel too. Well, I think it's kind of like this. If somebody, you know, I did a podcast, I think, or a blog, something about this, but one time somebody said something like, Oh, well, Don, we know who wears the pants in the family, meaning me. Mm. But they meant it as an insult. Right. And then, and then I got really defensive. And then yeah. I was like, well, I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like, why do I feel defensive if I'm wearing the pants in the family? It's because my brain was telling me you shouldn't wear the pants and this is how women should act. And this is what's feminine and you're acting masculine. And I was like, do I want to believe that? And I did a bunch of coaching on it. And I realized like, I do. I I, I I, proudly wear the pants. Exactly. (laughs) And and then I'm like, like, I wear the pants and I wear a skirt and my husband, something like, whatever, if we're going to get detailed like that, I was like, we both wear all kinds of clothing in our relationship. And it's like, I get shit done. And if I'm opinionated and bossy, it's like, yes. And so now if somebody says like, Dawn, she wears the pants in the family, I'll be like, fucking A, I do. Yeah. I think I think of make baggage your bitch the same way. Like um, if somebody like, so I guess it's kind of funny because it's two different things. The bitch can be like the really, like, you know, if I'm making baggage a bitch, then it's like a, a little whiny thing that I can just shove in my backpack and say, get in there and whatever. Um, like I have power over it. Right? Mm-hmm. But in some ways though, like if somebody did call me a bitch, I might just be like, well, what exactly do they mean? Cause like, maybe I am a badass bitch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I think in, in my community of listeners, a lot of people define their abortion as baggage, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's this baggage they carry along part of their story. They can never get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And it's somehow a downer, which is not how I feel about my abortion at all. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, what does that mean to... Um, to have some, to have a piece of your story, a piece of your history that you're like, oh, hell no, you do not control me. <laughs> I am in control, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're, yes, we're doing this thing. Yeah. 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 And I think it's like, when you talk about people that do things that they regret, like everybody can look back in their life at things that they did. And, and, and I used to do that all the time too. And when I first realized like, oh, in my past relationships, you know, I was the evil witch or the damsel in distress. Like that first day I felt a lot of shame. I was just like, <sighs> like, oh my God, I'm a terrible person. But, I, but since I'm a coach, I know yeah. like I'm going to feel these things and it's okay. Um, and then the next day I woke up feeling really, really powerful because I am learning to give compassion to myself. So if somebody had an abortion in their past and they're feeling really bad about it, like that's not helping them at all. No. Right. And so it's like, if they look, if they look back at that and they just have some compassion for why they did it. Cause I, I, I used to have this whole story, like, Oh my God, like when I was a stay at home mom, like I should have been more present. I should have played Barbies on the floor more with my kids. I should have like cleaned less and hung out with them. Oh my God. I have a whole big story around that. Or I used to. And then I realized like, I have to look back and be compassionate. Like there was a reason why I did that. There's a mm. reason why I acted a certain way. And rather than beating the shit out of myself from the past, I need to like give that Dawn a hug. And so yeah. that's what I would say. Like if, if people are beating themselves up about it, it's like, I really do believe that you are doing the best that you can at the time. I really, really do believe that because you have thoughts at that time yeah. that create current feelings that create current actions. Right. And so back then, the reason why I was acting a certain way is I was really lonely in my marriage, like super lonely in my marriage. And mm -hmm of course, that's going to come out as not being like the best mom on the planet, but I was doing the best that I could at the time. From and, that yeah. place of loneliness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like yeah. when I was lonely and sad and felt disconnected from my husband, like, you know, I'm not going to wake up every day going like, Oh, like the bluebirds are singing in my, ear. no, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was just mm -hmm. trying to get through the day. And so now I realize like, yeah, beating myself up. Like it's much better when you give your past self a hug. And it took me mm. a long time to learn that one. We could just end the podcast where they're really, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it is it's so much better when you just give your past self a hug. Yeah. And it took me a while because like my, yeah. after my second divorce, yep. I cried for a year, lost 10 pounds. It, it was a mess. And I would beat myself up and she'd be like, Dawn, like, that 35 year old Dawn needs a hug, not a whip, you know? Yeah, and I yeah. could, and it, but it took me a while to figure out what she meant. Like it was, I was so in the habit of beating the crap out of myself that the idea of being compassionate toward her was a foreign idea. But now I'm just like, oh, it makes perfect sense. That's why you did that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, you, before we started, you were, you know, sort of running down this damsel in 
distress and damsel in distress, evil witch mode and yeah. the old toad, right? <laughs> and describing right. your story of experiencing that time where you feel like you're suffering, you're the victim, it's everyone else's fault mm-hmm. um, and you are not helping yourself and you are not in power. Um, I think that's something a lot of people may not recognize right away that they're in that state Mm -hmm. of suffering in victimhood. Mm -hmm. Um, What are some ways that you know that you're in that place, that you are identifying yourself as a victim and not as a princess? Well, it feels like (laughs) dick. So that's how you know. It's like, it really, really feels bad. And so... Do you want me to tell you a little bit of my story of how I felt or how I realized I was a damsel? And an evil sure, witch? you can tell me anything you want. Tell me okay. if you think it's useful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and so what happened is like after my second divorce, like I said, like I could come up with an, like I could tell you a story right now that would just make you feel sorry for me, right? Um, so this, my story was, um, you know, we met and then our entire relationship was, with my second marriage from the day we met to the day we divorced was two and a half years. So we were only mm. married for 18 months and he mm-hmm. left me. And so, um, he was an alcoholic. I would say he was jealous and he was insecure. And I could, in fact, in one of my podcasts, I do, I kind of list all of his sins, right? Mm. This is how I knew he was a toad. He did this, he did this and he did this. And so that's where my story stayed for a long time. Like I, I could tell you, like he used to stalk me on Facebook and one time I liked a post from my boyfriend, my ex ex boyfriend, and he went off. One time I went to a concert with men and women, and he accused me of being an inappropriate wife. One time I had a picture taken. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be in country radio, and so a picture with Florida Georgia Line. I don't know if you knew who that is, but nope. <laughs> he told me that was celebrity humping, and so mm-hmm. all of this stuff. And I was like, "See what he did? See right. what he did?" And then we decided that I would quit my job. I used to teach as an adjunct at a big university. I quit my job and then that's the day that he left me. And so he left me, I had no job. And then in a few months I lost my house and most of my possessions. And so I could just give you the entire litany of all of the stuff. And I was obviously a victim of him and he was a jerk. And even though, you know, I worked on forgiving him, like the story was still that he was the bad guy, he was the villain Mm. and I was the victim, right? And then I started rethinking it. And so in another one of my podcasts, I list all of his quote toad sins again, but then he did this. What did I do? He did this. What did I do? Mm. And then I realized that I stayed for all of it. Like I was not yeah. in my princess power at all. Like I, mm-hmm. I thought I was standing up for myself by saying like, well, like it's okay if I wrote this memoir, like you can't tell me what to write. Like basically I stayed just fighting with him for a year and a half. And I was not my princess power at all because I would, it was, it was like a shitstorm relationship. Like he would, it was, he would do, it was like a, a myriad, like a, the back and forth banter back and forth, like eh, reaction, 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 reaction. Like we never got anywhere because at the time I didn't have the ability. Like if he can, let's just say he complained about me liking a post on Facebook. I would just get defensive. Like I am woman, hear me roar. You ain't telling me what to do, but I didn't have the capacity at the time to think like, well, why is he so upset? Like, Hey, like, are you feeling insecure? Like, 
have like a real conversation where it's mm. not about me. It's about like, you know, why is he having such a strong reaction to all mm. of these things? Like me going to a concert when he's out of town or me having whatever. And who knows? It's like, would he have transformed into a prince? Maybe he would, like, I'll never know. But at the time I was in such the suffering victim damsel, things are being done to me mode and then kind of evil witch mode because there was times when I was kind of mean like mm -hmm. he would say something and then I would just say something assholey back to him and so we didn't get anywhere um and so I feel so much more powerful now because when I look back and I go oh, in my first marriage I could have done this and in my second marriage I could have done this I'm like oh my god like I felt shame for a while, like, oh God, I can't believe I said that. Or I can't mm. believe I did that. But now I realize like this is the best news ever. Because like now in my relationship, like I am totally like doing a lot more princessy things. Like there's still days that I'm a damsel and there's still days that I'm a witch. But <laughs> it's like I can notice now, like ugh, I'm going into damsel mode. Um, do you want me to tell you another quick story about how I just realized I was in damsel mode last week? <laughs> I do. I totally want to hear that story. So damsel mode last week, we're going to, um, but I have, I, okay. I have a question. I have a question. When you look back at marriage one and two and you see, oh shit, I had power and I wasn't using it. Mm -hmm. You spoke to it like super briefly, but I want to go back and just talk about it a little bit more. That most of us have that desire to then beat ourselves up. Like, yes. oh, well, you fucked that up. You wasted all that time mm -hmm. not using your power. Um, how do you have that? It probably comes back to just giving yourself a hug, <laughs> right? But speak to that moment where most of us see that we had the power all along and then we get mad at ourselves for not using it. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. And I'm composing it right now. This will sound like an odd thing. I am writing. Okay. So I was the victim of my first husband and my second husband in my mind until, mm -hmm. you know, the last year or so that I'm realizing that I wasn't. So right now I'm composing an apology letter to my first husband. Mm. And it feels so good to get wow. it out. Interesting. And so right now it's like a kind of a clusterfuck of just ideas, right? But I'm going to keep writing it and I'm going to refine it. And I'm just going to say like, you know, I'm really, really sorry for the way that I ended things with you. I'm sorry for the way that I blamed you for this. I like, there's so many things, but I don't know, rather than feeling bad, it feels so wonderful to apologize. And he hasn't gotten the letter yet. And mm. when he gets it, he'll probably shit himself. Like what? Because I've been blaming him mm -hmm. for so long. Like right. he didn't talk and he didn't connect with me. And all we talked about was superficial bullshit. I don't know. Like all of the stuff. It's like, I made it. Where's that problem. fine? Where's that place of like, I'm not forgiving your behavior, but I'm recognizing that we were just two human beings behaving, right? Yeah. Like in, and I don't mean like behaving in a good way. Just, just behaving, just being. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's like, so I think there's probably people who are listening who are like, I'm not writing that letter because what he did was still wrong. Mm -hmm. So right. where and do you get to that place in yourself where you're like, this isn't, this isn't me condoning his behavior. This is me taking care of me. 
Right. Exactly. Because the thing is though, like it is a dialogue, right? It's either two people acting or two people talking to each other. And even like with my second husband, I haven't written an apology letter to him yet because I'm still working on the first one. Um, but I think with the second one, it's, it's, it's been very freeing to me because like he did cheat on me. Like yeah. he, he would say he was going to, my second husband would say, yeah, I'm going to the airport to fly to Spain to work for, because he worked out of the country two weeks of every month, but he would stop off at his ex-fiance's house and have sex with her. He didn't reveal that to me. And so, yeah, I'm never going to say like, oh yeah, that was fine. But then I, but I guess what I do is I think to myself, like there were so many ways in which he revealed his sadness and insecurity and jealousy. Mm. Um, and I didn't recognize it. And, and I don't, like I said, I don't know if he mm. would have transformed, but I didn't like, for example, here's a real quick story about when I was an evil witch with him, we were, he was one of those people that was always fishing for compliments and always telling me about the compliments he got from others. I don't know if you've ever known a person like that mm. before, mm -hmm. but it drove me crazy. And like, it made me mad that he was so insecure. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I admit that. So one time we were on a subway in London and we were on a really, really long subway trip or what do they call it? What do they call it in London? The, um, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, so we're on the subway and he got up out of his seat to let an older lady sit down. And I internally rolled my eyes like, Oh Jesus, we're never going to hear the end of this. Right. Like he's going to be because then he's going to talk about what a good move it was. You mean? Yes, yeah. Yes. Oh, interesting. And yeah. So for example, so I see him do that and I, I internally roll my eyes like, I'm never going to hear the end of this. So we get off the subway and yep. First thing he's like, Oh, that woman was so happy and so grateful that I gave her my seat. And I was like, yes, we know you're a saint. So it's things like that. It's like, mm -hmm. rather than understanding like, oh boy, like if there's a person that's always fishing for compliments or complimenting himself, he probably doesn't feel so great about himself. So why don't we talk about that? Or maybe I can talk, you see what I'm saying? But I didn't, I was just a bitch. And I was right. just like, oh yeah, we all know you're a saint. So this I is did the evil witch mode. Yeah. And yeah. it's kind of funny because even though he did cheat on me with his ex-fiance and I found out a year after he left me, I'm still loving the idea of taking ownership of the stuff that I did that was definitely yeah. not in princess mode, you know, yeah. like, yeah. And so did I answer your question? I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't know what the question is, but I love all the talking. I mean, all this podcast in general as a body of work doesn't answer questions. It's right. really just, <laughs> we just get curious about a lot of stuff. Just people yeah. talking. Yeah. And like I said, it's like, I think um, it's been helpful for me because as I write the apology letter, that's when I can see where I was a damsel or where hmm. I was an evil witch. Mm -hmm. And that's like, do I like, do I want to act like that now? Like if something happens in my, you know, current relationship, how do I want to act? And yeah. so it's helping me gain clarity. Mm -hmm. Cause like, I might write the letter to my second husband and never even mail it. Cause like, yeah. who knows, he might yeah. come bomb my house. I think he still hates me. Like, I don't know what's going to happen if I, but I could send it because it's like, if he lights it on fire and says, yeah. I still hate you. Like that's, I haven't seen him. Yeah, I mean, I would years. imagine the power in doing it is in the writing of it mm -hmm. versus the I mean, it's not even about the sending. So, right. It's so, because it's a thought yeah. download for me, it's me yeah. just revealing myself to myself and how yeah. I want to be yeah. in the future or mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm. Do you still remember your damsel story about last week? 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in <laughs> fact, I'm going to be writing my next podcast about this. So spoiler alert. Um, do you want to actually? Okay, I'm going to stop you again. Huh? Do you want to give some definitions first? Like, what do you mean by damsel in distress? What do you mean by evil witch mode? And what do you mean by toad? I know you've like been kind of explaining it. Mm -hmm. Like when you're in it, what do you mean when you say, I'm going to tell my damsel story? How do you define that? Okay. Yeah. So damsel in distress, like what I use is I, I had a whole bunch of these adjectives. I just went to a relationship coach training certification thing. And there's all these adjectives. And then I put them in three different piles. One went Mm -hmm. under princess, one went under damsel and one went under witch. Mm -hmm, And so mm -hmm. under damsel in distress, it would be somebody who feels hopeless, like the victim that things are that you're suffering. Right. So in your mind, if you think of Cinderella, she's on her hands and knees, like the stepsisters are, you know, being mean and she's receiving their meanness and she's on the hands and knees scrubbing the floor and she can't go to the ball and she has to wait for the fairy godmother to rescue her. Like she's not rescuing herself. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, She's waiting for other people to like, you know, well, with me. Mm -hmm. And then the evil witch, I think we like in my mind, I just kind of picture Maleficent (laughs) and Mm. this is like, you know, kind of conniving and maybe manipulative Mm. and kind of mean and controlling and out for herself and maybe a little Machiavellianism going on there. Like, yeah, some manipulation and some meanness. Um, and it's a way that, and it's a way of armoring yourself up, right? Like not being vulnerable, not necessarily being honest, right? Yeah, yeah. And then the princess is somebody who is very powerful and completely knows what she wants, ha- exhibits goodwill toward others, is benevolent, um, and noble and is in total integrity with herself. Like she doesn't say yes when she doesn't want to say yes. Like mm. she says no. Um, and she um, is just authentically her and lets mm. other people in the kingdom be themselves. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Quick definition of toad mode. And then I want to hear your damsel story. Yeah. And so, and so toad mode is just basically, you know, if you were going to write a list like of, a guy acting not a way that you want him to act. So really mm-hmm. toad mm-hmm. mode is always obviously subjective. So I might say like, you know, somebody's in toad mode because, you know, I texted them and they didn't text me back until three days later. Or like, if you have ideas of what you want in a relationship and then you're not getting it. So everybody's toad mode is different because right. like for right. some people, it could be like, well, he's a toad because he watches porn. And somebody could be like, well, I don't give it really a rat's ass about that. Like, so, so everybody ha- makes up their own list of what's toady, but it's just like, does yeah. it feel icky? Like, mm-hmm. do you feel mm-hmm. like this person is not the person that you want to be with? Like he's spending too much time at work or he's on his phone all the time, or you never go on date night, or you never talk to each other or whatever it is with the connection that you're not getting. Mm-hmm. So that would be a person like in toad yeah. mode. Yeah. Okay. Tell me your damsel story from last week. Okay. So last, so it was about 10 days ago, I got off an airplane from my trip to California and, um, my flight was delayed. I got in at like two o'clock in the morning. And so my hubby, you know, picked me up. And so I walked off the plane and I walked into the airport and I noticed my thought was, Oh, back when we first started dating, you know, he would have been standing here with flowers or him and the kids would have gotten out of the car. Right. And it's like, that's not the case now. I noticed like, oh, 
that's a damsel thought like poor me why is he here with flowers me if he really mm-hmm. thought i was a princess he would know how valuable i am and he would anyway so i go to baggage claim and i can see and i live in a really small town so like when you're standing at baggage claim you can literally see the cars pulling up to pick you up totally i saw that he was there and got my bag got into the car like it says two o'clock in the morning and he was like he kind of gave me like a, a lukewarm hug and a kiss hey how you doing um get in the car and that night I was like, yeah, like he had to set his alarm to wake up to get me at two o'clock in the morning. And so he's tired. But then the next day he spent the entire day in bed. And I said to him, like, you know, what's the deal? And he was like, ah, I'm just feeling blah. Like, I don't really know why, but I'm just not feeling sociable. I'm just feeling kind of blah. And so for me, it was a day after vacation, lots of mail to go through emails, blah, blah, blah. But then the evening came around and I noticed my thoughts were kind of going like this, like, oh my gosh, I was gone for a week. You think he'd be like super excited mm. that I was back. Like maybe he would have planned something for today. Maybe we could go for a walk, but no, he's sitting upstairs playing cribbage on his iPad and watching Fear the Walking Dead or whatever the hell he's watching. Like seriously, like there's so many other men that would love to spend today with me. Mm. Like, hello, like, you know, like whatever, like I was gone for a week, this should be your special, like, and the kids aren't here. And so maybe, you know, we should have time together. Like you're totally taking me for granted. And so I got upstairs, it was like nine o'clock at night. And I noticed all of those thoughts. I was like, holy balls. Like this is total damsel thinking. Right. So damsel is like, all this is about me. It's all happening. Everything happening is about me. Yes. It's like, you know, it's all about me and I'm not being treated right. Oh my God. And so then I realized what would a princess do? A princess would definitely extend goodwill to her partner. And I was like, Don, he told you that he's just having an off day. He's feeling blah and tired. And I said, if I had a migraine, he wouldn't sit there in a snit and go, well, she has a migraine. Like she should really be spending time with me. He would know, he would get me some ice packs. He would bring me some medicine and he would rub mm-hmm. my head. Right. And I'm like, so he just told me that he wasn't feeling good and I'm making it all about me. And like, yeah, like, it's almost like I'm, in, I'm mentally sitting in bed with my arms crossed. Like, hmm, like mm-hmm. I'm in my little snit. And mm-hmm. I said, okay, I don't want to be here. So what am I going to do? So I was like, I'm going to extend goodwill. And so I said to him, I said, babe, I said, because we massage each other all the time. Uh I'm like, do you want a back massage? And he's like, honey, you're probably tired too. I said, no, no, no. I would be more than happy to give you a back massage. I said, let me find a show on Netflix, which I did. I massaged him for an hour. And I I can't tell you like how much things changed. Mm. Like he felt like he was just like, oh my God. Like he felt so loved and cared for. And he was like, oh my God, thank you so much for doing this. This feels so wonderful. And like, for me, for lack of a better way to, de- to describe it, I felt so proud of myself. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. when I went to sleep that night, it was totally different because if I would have done my normal damsel thing, I would have gone to bed kind of like in a snit. Like, I can't believe we didn't connect more today, but I was like, no, I stepped out of myself and I offered goodwill to him. Meaning he's telling me the truth. He's just having a bad day. Like, yeah. What would I like to do for him? And so when I went to bed that night, I was like, I slept like a baby because I just felt like, you know, he just needed some TLC. I I didn't mind giving it to him. Like it didn't bother me at all. I got to enjoy my Netflix show and I just felt way more connected. Like I felt completely, so I think damsel and witch connects you from your partner. Mm -hmm. And then when you're a princess, like you really are like tuning into like the person that you want to be. 
And do I want to be the person that goes to sleep in the snit? No. Do I want to be the person that feels like I showed love and I wanted to do that? Yes. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I noticed that a lot more now. And, and before, like a year ago, I wouldn't have even noticed. It would have just been the truth. He's mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. and he doesn't appreciate me like he should. And there's other guys that would like to be banging this. Like he should be getting on that right away. Mm. <laughs> and I mean, I like, so what I, the way I see this story is like, he's not here for me is the damsel. Right. I'm not here for him is the witch. Mm-hmm. And then like, I'm going to be here for me. I'm going to see the nonsense in my brain. I'm going to be here for us. I'm going to offer him what he might need. Mm-hmm. Like that's the princess, right? Yes. It's like, I'm here for me. I'm going to see my own nonsense. I'm mm-hmm. here for us. I'm going to be in this together. And that's mm-hmm. where the princess power is. Mm-hmm. Totally. Because like, yeah. like I said, like, and it could be that I offered him a back massage and he'd be like, no, just leave me alone. Like you never know, but he didn't. <laughs> You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I can't, like I said, like, but I did have a huge influence, like over the way things went that evening. Right. And so I've been doing it a lot, like a because lot. You were willing to see yourself, mm-hmm. right? Because, right? Because you were willing to see what was really happening in your head. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like, and being a princess is so powerful too. And like the most feminist thing that you can do. Okay. Of course feminism that's a whole other thing but it's like it it didn't feel weak to me like to offer him a back massage like at all it felt very empowering for me to do that yeah for sure because the thing is though I went to bed feeling better yeah 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 Mm -hmm. yep and that helped me and so now I'm really noticing like oh my lord I'm in damsel in distress mode a lot more than I want to be yeah and but it's kind of funny because I'm not beating myself up I'm like well it was just a habit like, mm-hmm. you know, like whining and complaining is a habit for a lot of us. Yeah. Like, that's good to know. Like, I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the takeaway for all of us, whatever we're processing in our life, like if we're here specifically to heal our abortion stories or, you know, if we're here listening, cause this show is amazing and interesting and applies to all of our lives. <laughs> But whatever you're going through in your life, it's like just accepting, like, I am all these things. I'm the damsel, I'm the witch, I'm the princess. So how am I being the damsel in in this story that I'm telling myself right now? How am I being the witch in the story I'm telling myself right now? How am I going to choose to show up in my power Mm -hmm. as a princess? Yeah. And I think also too, it's like, even like if somebody has an abortion story in their mind from the past, I mean, it could be that they are feeling like a damsel. Like he didn't give me a choice. I didn't have a choice. He wanted me to do that or or whatever happens to be like, it feels, and that feels so bad. And it might sound really, really weird to say like, well, no, like if you look back and like a, a princess would look back with benevolence and say, this is what I was going through at the time. And this is the decision that I made. I might not make that decision again. Maybe I would, I don't know. Um, But like to give her some love and then to realize, and this is probably the hardest part, like I did have a choice and that was the choice that I made. Like, cause whenever you feel like I was forced to do it, he made me do it. 
he paid for it. He wasn't going to be the father, like all of this stuff, which I imagine it comes up. Um, it, it feels terrible, but if you realize like, well, wait a second, when, when he said this, this is what I said, like, Ooh, I kind of went along with it. Maybe I didn't want to do that or whatever, but it's kind of like, it's, it's good to know that I actually did make the choice and here's why. And what I want to do that same thing again, like, like that, that subway story. Like if I was on the subway with my ex-husband again, and he was telling me about what a good guy he was, would I want to say to him again, like, oh yeah, we all know you're so great. No, I, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I wouldn't want to say that again. And so it's really taking ownership for the decisions that you made, but looking at yourself with compassion and not beating the crap out of yourself for it. Yeah. 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 There was so much in my abortion story around just like owning my power. And it felt, it was, it, power felt scary at first. Mm -hmm. It's like, I literally just don't want a fourth child. Like, mm -hmm. and that is a deep, that's a hugely powerful decision to make. Mm -hmm. Um, and so stepping into my power was like scary at first and that's okay. Like sometimes it is scary. Um, but yeah, we do always have a choice. And I know sometimes it feels like I didn't have a choice. Like it was medically necessary. I was in danger. Mm -hmm. The baby was in danger mm -hmm. or I was in an abusive relationship or he made me. And it's like, you chose not to have a baby with an abusive partner. Like that's a powerful choice. Like, and also too, you chose to be in a relationship with an abusive partner, which might sound like, oh, but that's a very powerful place to be. Yeah. Like super powerful because it's like, because then again, you're like damsel, like, you know, well, he was abusive, but it's like, but, but so he did a, and this was my response. And so that's what I did when I was going through my second marriage is like, you know, like he did, like he was emotionally abusive. Right. Right. And I stayed for all of it. And now I go like, oh, note to self, a princess wouldn't stay with that. Yeah. See what I'm saying? And so right. it's like, oh, like, it's not that I'm going to beat myself up because I don't for staying with my second husband. But then I realized like, wait a minute, he did A, B, C, D, and E. And I stayed, he left me because he did, he left me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so now I look back and I go like, oh, would I want to be in a relationship like that again? Like, no, of course not you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we know it's so complex and so layered and so nuanced. Like there are lots of reasons people stay because oh yeah, financial reasons, um, hardship reasons. Like there's so many reasons people stay. It's just like your power doesn't have to be big and huge. And like, I'm leaving right this second. No. Their power can be like, I'm going to start looking at the ways that I can take back my life so that yeah. eventually I can leave or so that, right. So it's like also remembering that like sometimes the princess moves are just subtle shifts. And they are because like, yeah. for example, when you mentioned like a, like a, a partner that was abusive, let's say a partner was emotionally abusive. When you're stepping into your princess power, it could be like, I'm just making this up. Like, let's just say, you know, he calls you a fat pig or wh whatever, emotional abuse it might be like you're never gonna get anybody better than me and let's just say you decide like okay part of being a princess is setting a boundary and saying like if you ever call me a fat pig again I'm gonna leave the room or if you call me a fat pig I'm gonna pack up my stuff and I'm gonna stay at a hotel tonight or I'm gonna go back to my apartment or whatever it happens to be it's like 
that's when you know whether this person is going to stay an abuser or is going to start to transform with you. But you always have to be the first one to transform, right? And to set boundaries, for example. And so, yeah, it's like, that is the first part is like, okay, if somebody is emotionally abusive, well, then are you staying for it? Like, mm-hmm. are you just arguing about it? Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? And also, I mean, going to a hotel, leaving, like there's, there's a lot of things that take resources and they take privilege and they take a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It might just be like, I'm going to use my power by not making that mean anything about me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give him the power of letting that mean anything about me. Mm-hmm. Not but believing I, him might right. be the step I take in my power right now. And eventually I'll build myself up to leaving. Yeah. But right but now I'm just not going to let it mean anything. Yeah. Or, or it could be like if somebody ever said like, well, you're a fat pig. It's just like, why would you ever want to be in a relationship with the person that said that? Like, would that ever be okay in any circumstance? And it could be like, you're right with resources, but it could be, you know, the first part is just to have, is to have your own back enough to have the conversation. Like, I don't like it when you say this to me, say this to me, or say this to me. And if it happens again, you can go sleep on a girlfriend's couch or whatever it happens to be, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think that's the the question too, because, because here's the thing, when my second husband was saying like, well, it's inappropriate, it's disrespectful. Like you're married. It's totally inappropriate for you to go out in mixed company when I'm out of the country. It's like, now I realize like, would I ever, ever want to be in a relationship where I couldn't do that? The answer is hell to the fuck no. Mm. Like I would never be in a relationship where I wasn't trusted. Like if I say, hey, honey, while you're out of town, I'm going to go to a concert with, you know, Bob, Tim, Joe, Kayla, Susie, and Debbie. And if my partner says, well, no, that's not inappropriate that would be the end of the relationship (laughs) that will never, ever happen. So so I think that's where the power at the time, Mm -hmm. at the time, there was probably a little piece of you that like believed him in some way. Oh, that was the part that kept, right. You were like, yep. Right. The part that believes that you are the fat pig, the part that believes you're inappropriate, the part that believes you're the right. And so that's the part about going back to the very beginning of the conversation is like questioning this when you transform, when you transform what you believe about your body, transform Mm -hmm. what you believe about what's appropriate, transform Mm -hmm. what you believe about how you should be treated. That's Mm -hmm. when you start to take back your power. Yeah. Cause it's true. Because like when he was telling me these things, like part of my brain. So, so that's why like, you really have to figure out what is true and what you want. Because when he started saying things like that to me, I thought like, oh, maybe he's right. Maybe yeah. this is inappropriate. Like, oh, you're right. Maybe being Facebook friends with an ex-boyfriend isn't appropriate. Like, oh, and so you start to doubt yourself and like, yeah, that's why I stayed. Right. Yeah, but I think stepping yeah. into my power now, I look back and I go like, oh, like these are all of the touch points where, you know, cause I, I wasn't secure enough in knowing, I didn't know myself enough to, like, I knew that I wasn't doing anything wrong, but then I let the doubt creep in. Yeah. 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 It's like the powerful thing is not him not saying it. The powerful thing is you not believing it, you not making it mean anything about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So interesting. Um, thank you for doing the work that you do in the world because we all have some kind of baggage we're bringing to relationships, to all of it, to life. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And we all know that feeling of being the victim. (laughs) And we want (laughs) so badly. In that moment, we want to believe that we are the victim Mm -hmm. Mm because it feels so big and scary and daunting to not be the victim. Right. It's always worth it. It's always worth it. Yeah. Because it is like, you know, mirror, mirror on the wall. Most of the time we just don't want to see because it's, because we're afraid of feeling bad. We're afraid of not liking ourselves or feeling shame and guilt. And it's just like, like you might for a bit, but I think the way that I look at it now with, with baggage is like all of this stuff happened in the past, like this whole story, but it's like, what are your thoughts right now? Yeah. Cause it's the so only like, place it exists anymore. Yes. Right so, now. so how is it affecting you right now? Cause there's probably stuff that happened in my past that I don't have any baggage about. Like mm-hmm. I had a heart attack. I had open heart surgery and I'm like, yeah, whatever. But with relationships, that was a whole other, you know, can of worms. And so it's just like, if, this situation is happening right now. What are my current thoughts about what he's doing or what he's saying? And yeah. And what part of that is having a bad effect, like, and creating the results in your life that you don't want. Yeah. 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 Because I used to, I used to have a thing where when he came home from work, if he didn't kiss me immediately, but at the time I wasn't a damsel. I was just, you know, like, it's, it's all facts. I'm like, you know, when you get home from work, like you have to kiss me. Like when your dog gets home, you have an aneurysm. You're so excited. When your kids come over, you're all hugs and kisses. And when I walk in the door and, and it's so funny that I realized like, oh my God, that is such a damsel story. So my, so my current mm. thoughts were baggage. Like, you know, I need more attention or if he does this, it means he doesn't love me. And, or, well, I mean, God knows like such a big, big story there. And so, so that's how like my past relationships were affecting me currently. And like, do I, do I want to think if he comes in the door and doesn't kiss me, do I want to think he doesn't love me the way he should? And the answer is no. And, and now I don't, I don't yeah. even notice yeah. it anymore, but yeah. yeah, but it's how your, it's what your current thoughts are is the important part because yeah. it could be baggage filled stuff or not baggage filled stuff. Your current thoughts. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, where can people find you? Explore more of this. So easy. My website is therebuildingcoach.com. <laughs> you and didn't use your name. <laughs> can you believe it? Dawnziggerer.com. How do you spell that? No. So like therebuildingcoach.com is much easier. And then um, to get, you could probably get a good sense of my zany personality in this podcast, but you can um, listen to my podcast, make baggage, yes. your bitch. Yes. And, um, I would start at number eight because that podcast number eight is, um, I don't know if you listen to it, but it's all the reasons women stay in bad relationships. I haven't listened to number eight now. Yeah. And so number eight is the one where we talk about the reason why they stay, which is I'm going to be financially destitute. I'm going to ruin the kids. Yeah. Uh, no prince is going to want to bang me. All there are is toads. There's no princes. Like, mm-hmm. and I think that there's like three more reasons why yeah. people stay in bad relationships. Yeah. And then that I went to then I after that I kind of went to guilt because people I love the way you talk about guilt. So we're not gonna address that right now, but definitely that is worth going and checking out. And I'll link to to the episode I listened to where you were talking about guilt because okay. that was good stuff. Yeah. That's okay. good stuff. That's good. It's it's so funny because now been, it takes I me. I married my high school um, 
high school guy. So, Uh and we're, we're in our early forties now. So Mm -hmm. this whole world of dating and relationships, is just like, not my, (laughs) right. Like what are you talking about? (laughs) Like, this is not my stuff. Like I just, it's not stuff that I'm working on. Um, but I'm, but, but in every relationship, yeah. But like in every, even like with my relationship now, like I can definitely pinpoint more easily like where things might go asunder because I'm acting too much like oh my gosh you're a damsel 100 <laughs> percent right everything you said I'm like yep that's when I did that and that's <laughs> my pattern there and <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah I think I just had a big habit of being a damsel like I'm yeah. definitely more a damsel than an evil well witch. I mean if you think about it that's we as girls are are trained that we're trained yes. to be damsels Oh, yeah. Men are supposed to save us. So yeah. of course it makes sense. And that's where it's like, just give yourself a hug. Like, of course you believed that and you don't yeah. have to anymore. And it's so funny that you mentioned that I'm coming up with a quiz called in romance, which princess are you? Um, and so you're either one that's more like it. Cause to me, a damsel and a witch, they're just a princess in disguise. They just haven't completely evolved yet. That's all. And um, it's so funny. I'm looking at questions and I'm like, these are so patriarchal. Yes. Like, so there, I don't know if you've heard of, well, personality tests, of course you have, but there's one construct called agreeableness. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, so you may, I'll, t- I'll tell you really quick what they are. So um, the big five personality traits have the acronym OCEAN. So openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism, but now they call it emotional stability. But I was looking at the construct called agreeableness. And so the high score would be like, I don't know. I'm nice to everyone. And I'm like, that's not a princess. Like, I'm not saying that you should be mean, but like keeping harmony, like that kind of goes with agreeableness. And I'm like, well, I'm like, no, like a princess doesn't necessarily have to have things harmonious all the time, right. but we are so social. Oh, that's so good. Cause we're so socialized. To yes. Like be nice and, you know, go along yeah. with it and keep harmony and no fighting. Yes. Like, Fuck that. It's so like, you can, be a, you can be a princess and have completely different ideas about things and, and, and relay these ideas as a princess, but it's not necessarily going to be harmonious and agreement and kind of anyway. So yeah, so that's what I'm creating now is, is which princess are you? So, well, I'm sure by the time this podcast is out, well, I'm not sure, but perhaps that will be complete. People can go take it. Yeah. And plus it'll be at my website. So if they, if they, if it sounds interesting and they go to the rebuildingcoach.com, it'll be, it'll be up there too. Good. Well, thank you for being here. Sure. Um, It's just so many interesting and important conversations to have. And I'm, I'm glad you're in the podcast archives now. Oh yeah. Thank you so much (laughs) for asking me. It was awesome. All right. Have a good afternoon. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.